Welcome to Hope Community Podcast. It's great to have you join us today listening online. We pray you'll be impacted by our message this week. Enjoy. Fear of the Lord. Whoa. We jumped into fear of the Lord last week and we're going to go there again today. Uh, but what I wanted to do first is that recently we just had a whole stack of people finish up the refresh course. And at the last encounter a couple of weeks ago, we got a few of them to share their testimonies. And these testimonies are just beautiful and incredible and you need to hear them. So today I have just one of the testimonies for you. And so uh, we're going to get it chucked on the screen. Thanks, guys. Hi, I'm Tanya. Um... I'm not a part of Hope, but I'm probably a part of your, I feel like I've been a part of your online congregation for quite some time. So I wanted to encourage you in that way um, because hearing the sermons and being watching, being able to watch your services each morning, um, I haven't always been able to get here. I live a little bit further away, has been such an encouragement. So keep on keeping on. That's been incredible. Um, back to refresh, look... <laughs> It's so hard for me, and I'll cry because God's done such an incredible work in my life and he's still continuing to do it. Um, The words freedom and peace um, have been so um, real for me. They've been refreshed in my heart. I spent a lot of time striving, I think, for God's approval Um, thinking that the more I did in my own strength, he would just um, love me more. But he actually just loves me just the way I am. And it's taken me a little while to fully understand the reality and the truth of that. But um, I'm getting it (laughs) a bit more and more. And just to know my heavenly dad just sees me and loves me. I've spent time sitting at his feet in a way that I have never done before and his Holy Spirit has just refreshed, renewed in a new way my understanding of his love, his grace and his forgiveness. And I know they're words we throw around churches a lot, but for me, refresh has brought them to reality in a whole new way and I'm still learning the full impacts of what that means for me and my family. I was lucky enough to journey through the course with my husband, what that's done for my marriage. Um, We thought we were pretty happy but it's next level. My marriage, my family life, like I said, there's lots of change and I still feel, in Dan's words, pretty messed up, but, but I'm okay with that because um, the messiness, that vulnerability that we reach, that point where we're ready to go, Lord, just have it all. I just surrender it. Just take it. It's so good. It's so, so good when we're just prepared to let go, lose control, and just let him do what he wants to do. And only he can do that. So thank you. There you go. Isn't that great? Hey, you can make some noise. That's good stuff. 
We're going to jump into uh, what we're doing this morning. I'm mixing things up a bit today, and we're going to have a bit of a panel discussion here on the stage today talking about the fear of the Lord. So if the panel team want to come up and grab your seat, that would be great. Well, welcome to our lounge room. Um, fear of the Lord. So last week, if you missed it, uh, I spoke on fear of the Lord. And it's, it's, is there a podcast or something on that? Yeah, okay, some people are saying yes. Some people have caught up with that as well. Uh, I would have to say in all my years of preaching, uh, I don't know what that is, 15 years, something like that. It's a lot now. Uh, I'm such an old man. And uh, there have been very few messages that have stirred up so much discussion and feedback as, as that message last week uh, in a real positive way, but so many people were just speaking into what God's saying and how much we need to be talking on that topic. So I thought, great, rather than just me doing some talking this week, I'd get some pretty cool people up with me and we'd have more of a discussion about it. So let me do some really quick introductions. To my left here, I have Chris McCleary. We call him Papa Bear, has been a part of Hope Community for a very long time, and uh, I see him as a father in this house, has chaired our church council for a long season as well, and brought so much spiritually to this house, and I know many people would have benefited from Chris's wisdom. Great to have you on the panel today, mate. Uh, Over to my far right, we've got Ruben, who, uh, he just turned 12 yesterday, so that's awesome. (laughs) And... uh, (laughs) Now, Ruben is a legend, um, been part of Hope for a long time too, and what I love about Ruben is that most of all, like we could have the best programs or whatever, Ruben is here because his heart, the spirit in him connects with what God's doing here in this church, and that's what he's all about, and uh, I think he's a pretty inspiring dude. Uh, You'll probably never see Ruben wearing shoes, all right, and... uh, (laughs) That's because he's like just carrying this Moses mantle, I think, something like that. I'm making that up. Um, And next to me here, we've got Deb Peacock, who is uh, on staff here at Hope Community. She oversees our connect groups and our prayer and prophetic ministry. But most importantly, she sits in the office of prophet in this house. And to my knowledge, is the only... Uh, prophet of the house, appointed prophet in a Queensland Baptist church. Yeah. Isn't that cool? So as we are just following the Lord in fivefold ministry, uh, this was an instruction that very clearly came to us to anoint and commission Deb in this role. And so um, if that's a new concept to you, this office of prophet, uh, I believe one of the most significant things is it's not just that uh, Deb's the only one in this house that can hear from God. I want you to know that. Uh, that's every one of us. Uh, but Deb has actually been commissioned to take her gift and to train and equip other people in the same way. And she's been doing that and uh, it's been beautiful. So Deb's here for a bit of a prophetic voice on this panel today. As I said, um, not too many messages have stirred up so much discussion. I want to start just at the very beginning for those who kind of 
um, have missed anything, but I think it's really important that right from the beginning, we kind of define when we're talking about fear of the Lord, what we're actually talking about. And so can I just open it up to you guys? Just jump in. When we're talking about fear of the Lord, for someone out there who perhaps just has no idea what is fear of the Lord, uh, what are we talking about? I think, Dan, last week you spoke about the scripture, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And that's the first thing that comes to my mind is that what is, what is the wisdom and the fear of the Lord? And I think when we submit to God and we just revere him and we are humble before him, there's the other scripture that says, be still and know that I'm God. That when we do that, sometimes it's wise just to keep quiet, to shut up. And I think that for me is so many times I've been praying to God and I get this incredible sense of awe about who he is. And it's just a case of just leave it there. Just know that he is God. Leave it with him because he can, ta- he can take it where we can't. And I think that's sometimes as a guy, <clears throat> we want to control. We want to be able to be able to fix things and do things ourselves, but when it comes to knowing who God is and having that relationship with him, it's a case of saying, well, Lord, I'm giving it to you and entrusting it to you. We sang that song this morning, trust in the Lord and then leave it with him. He's the one that can, can take it. And I think that's the biggest lesson I've learned over the years is just by having that relationship with God, knowing who he is, having that incredible fear and that awesome sense of, of who God is, being still before him and then just being able to trust him with everything and he will take take care of it. I love that. Anything from you guys to add to that? Yeah, I feel like God's a good boss. Like he's a, you, you're his employee at times and, um, you know, he might ask you to do something and he's not the kind of boss that's like horrible and you're afraid of anything, doing anything wrong. But you you go to do what he says and another employee comes along and is like, no, we've never done it like that. This is how you have to do it. It's like, who do you listen to at that point? Do you listen to the other employee? They don't really have any control over whether you lose your job or whether you don't or whether you're able to like go further and be promoted or anything like that. That's your boss's role. So you, actually, you have to submit to the boss not the other employee. And I just feel like that's a little bit what fear of the Lord is, is like putting God in his actual place. Um, You're not afraid that he's going to punish you on anything that you're doing because you're submitting to him. But you also don't just like listen to any, anybody around just telling you what to do because you're submitted to, to the, the boss, not, not to the other people around. Yeah, that's good. I was um, also in that same psalm, be still and know that I am God. Um, We need to take time to remember that he is God. But I think with fear of the Lord, we need to remember, sometimes people get really confused around this word fear because as Christians we drum in, don't be fearful, no fear, you know, drive out fear. But actually there is a healthy fear. There's a healthy fear that keeps us safe and keeps us alive in life. And that is that respect, like Dan mentioned last week, of, um, you know, if you're dealing with electricity, right? So that's a healthy fear to have respect of just what we're dealing with here. And so I think that's what we kind of come into with the fear of the Lord, is we have this awareness, like this awe of, whoa, like, 
we have some sense of just who we're dealing with here. And it's that healthy, reverent, respectful fear that, I guess, keeps us alive. I love that. That's good stuff, Rubes. You, you threw a word out there, submit, uh, which is a pretty big, powerful word. When I think about fear of the Lord, um, it's, this, it's this quite broad topic. And under that, I see a whole stack of other words, words like holiness, uh, consecration, purity, uh, submission, humility. Uh, my question to you guys is that uh, are these things that we are talking about enough as followers of Jesus? Are these things that we are encouraging one another? Like when was the last time you just talked to someone and said, man, I just think you need more consecration in your life, you know? Like, is that, is that what's, when we get a coffee after church, is this what, like, you, you know, submission is a real issue. Is this what we're talking about? This is, this is my question. Do we need to be talking about it more? I think for, for me, quite often we, when we talk about submission, humility, and those words of putting yourself under God's authority, you tend to think of being passive. But I think when... When you do that and you humble yourself before God and you seek his direction, quite often he will challenge you to rise up, to be active, and to activate something and to do something. <clears throat> it's not a case of sitting back and thinking, oh, God's, God's going to take care of it. But when we submit to him and we seek his face and seek his direction and allow his spirit to direct, that's when he says, right now, you need to go and do this. Don't go and do what you are going to do over here, but I want you to go over here and do that. And I think when we're obedient to that, I think it's really important to get that direction. I love that. That's, that's a great example. And like joking about Moses earlier, like when you see that situation where Moses comes to that burning bush and right there, like the Lord points out who is the Lord and what he's like in even asking Moses to take his sandals off. There, there is a statement there that just wraps up the total holiness and perfection of the Lord and who Moses is and where he fits into that place. Now, when Moses humbles himself and is obedient to that request, look what comes out of it. The father, the father says, like, you are being appointed as my man to set Israel free. And uh, you know what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to march right in to Pharaoh and tell him what's going on, the most powerful man in the world at the time. And I love that, that there's this sense of submission that comes with commissioning at the same time when we submit ourselves to the Lord. Then out of that place, the Father leads us. Um, they both work really well together. Hey, Rubes, uh, sorry, Debbie, you got something to add to yeah, that? Yeah, I was just going to say in that note, so at the start of COVID, when everything hit in March last year, I know for us as a church, God Gate took me into a really big vision, which was essentially a word for... Well, I could say the body of Christ, but it's really for all people. And at the end of it, he was pointing out that beyond this situation, that the picture was that he is on the throne. And it was everyone coming out before the king of kings on the throne. And everyone was coming and gathering and bowing, which is sort of what Chris is talking about there. And the point is that he, I think, over... The, this time, and I don't know how big this season is, but over this time, he keeps on putting forward that he is the king of kings and he is on the throne. And so we have kings on the earth, but he is the king over the kings. 
And the great thing is that when we come and gather, like he showed me in that vision, when we come together, we are united. When we realize, and so that's the fear of the Lord, of when we realize he's actually the king of kings, and he is and has always been on the throne, we bow. There's this enormous unity that comes because we're all having the right thing as the, as the main thing. But we're bowing, and so we're going low. We're coming humbly before him, and we're essentially lifting him up, which is worship. And, um, and that's just a beautiful thing, and that we, we should be doing that. So if you've been around, um, particularly our Sunday nights, we have gone into this, that we, do, we have used these words. We use the words humility. We've used the words repentance and purity and, and coming low. Because what happens when we come low, God lifts us up. And the word over this year is um, purity and power. And so as we come low and we, are, we may need to repent, as we come there before God, his power, his anointing comes on that purity within us. And that's when incredible things happen. I love that, Deb. I was reminded uh, as you were speaking, I was listening to uh, a podcast the other week from John Bevere, and he was telling a story about uh, going over to Brazil and he's speaking in this huge auditorium, thousands and thousands of people. And he, he comes in and there's cars for miles. Like this is a huge joint packed out. And uh, anyway, the worship's incredible. And he's kind of backstage, side stage, just feeling like this is amazing. But at the same time, he's having this wrestle because he feels like, but the Lord, like where is the presence of the Lord right now? There's this team on stage and there's this amazing just worship taking place on the stage. But where is the presence of the Lord? And as he kind of stuck his head around the corner of the stage and he looked out, he just realized that there was a huge majority of people that were completely disengaged. And they were standing there and he said, you know, people were just like checking their phones, having a conversation. And he was like, oh my goodness. And he came, he got brought out onto stage to speak. And uh, all he could do was actually confront the situation. And here he is as a guest speaker. And he said to those thousands and thousands of people, he said, you know, this looks amazing what's taking place here, but the presence of the Lord is not here right now. There is no fear of the Lord in this house. Where is the awe? Where is the respect for who the Lord is? And so he just prayed and he said, Father, we just love you. We just welcome you. And we're just going to press into you. And he just waited and he waited and he waited. And as they waited, a sound of a rushing wind came into the room. So much so that they had security cards for this event around the outside of the building. And they, they realised that there was no sound outside the building, but there was a sound inside the building. And inside the building, they said it sounded like a jet plane taking off in the building and the presence of the Lord came into this space as people humbled themselves and bowed down before him. Isn't that amazing? I suppose um, that posture of being in submission is, is probably, I think, one of our key struggles as a follower of Jesus is that we would submit ourselves to the Lord. And uh, just a couple of weeks, I remember, I, was, I opened the service and I read this passage from Isaiah that many people know. Isaiah 55 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. 
As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And my heart behind reading that at the beginning of the service was that we would be reminded afresh of who the Lord is and from that place that we would press in into worship. Anyway, a good friend of mine called me the next day, uh, not a follower of Jesus, and our service had popped up on his YouTube or Facebook and he clicked on it and seen just the very start of the service and uh, saw me reading out this passage and uh, he was quite upset by it. He said to me, like, who is this God of yours who actually has to tell everyone just how mighty he is? And it opened up this amazing conversation for me to say, well, actually, this is a part of our faith and our experience that we would humble ourselves, that we would acknowledge who God is and how great he is and humble ourselves. This is what a Christian faith is all about. And I realized in that moment is that we lose the fear of the Lord when we forget who he is. And so Chris, Chris was talking about that passage, Proverbs 9. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the next verse is, And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. And so our understanding of who the Father is actually leads us into that place of reverence. And in this day and age, I find that less and less people are actually pursuing the Father in relationship. And that means like actually opening their Bibles and getting to know the Lord in this space. And so this fear of the Lord is becoming a thing that just doesn't seem to be, uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, it's not a part of our heart, really. Rubes, you, I'm really interested to hear from someone from the younger generation. You were fired up. At the end of my message last week, you came to me and you were like, just, there was something that was lit in you. So I want to know two things. What was going on there? And uh, number one, and the second thing is, uh, why does your generation, the, the Gen Zs, why do they need to know this message? Why do they, have to, why do they need to hear this message? Good question. Um, well, last week, I was so excited because I was... I was genuinely convicted. I was, and that, for me, is exciting. I don't know about everyone else. Um, sometimes it's painful, but um, God's so gentle. And so when he's telling you something, you know it's only for your good. So that's why I was excited. Um, but as we were in worship afterwards, I was thinking about the process, you know, and we had, you talked about, Dan, that, um, that prophet, that young prophet who... God told him specifically what to do. He was in God's will and he's like close with God. And then he does the wrong thing and an old prophet completely deceives him and murders him, in my opinion. Um, (laughs) Because, you know, he caused him to fall out of sync with God's will. And I was like, Lord, this, that's hard for me to, to hear because, and he was reminding me of other situations in the Bible where the people closest to God's heart have the harshest, in my opinion, consequences. Like um, another example is Moses when, you know, the first time the Israelites need water, God's like, okay, go just hit that rock and it'll come out. He's like, all right, he does it. And then God says again to to go to the rock and um, he's like, speak to it this time. And Moses, for whatever reason, doesn't. He hits it instead, but he hits it twice. But God still lets the water flow. Um, And then God is like, sorry, Moses, because you did that. 
you, there's no promised land for you, sorry. And I'm like, what? Moses, <laughs> he's, like, he's like the top dog. Why is he, he did one thing wrong and now he can't go. And I just felt like it's this, this difficult place of the people that are closest to God have the harshest consequences um, when they walk away or they do the wrong thing. And I was like, Lord, that makes me afraid. I don't want, I don't want to go closer to you if I'm going to have harsher consequences. Like, that doesn't make sense. Um, <laughs> but he was like, but it's the, it's the safest place. You, you can't fall if you're close to him. Um, and look, we might be able to talk about this more later, but Moses, there's a, there's a point in time when the Israelites see the glory of God on the mountain and they're like totally freaked out. And Moses is like, God's calling us to go to him. And they're like, no, 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 no. We cannot do that. Um, if we go, we'll die. You go. Yeah. Then they send Moses. And that's what sometimes, especially my generation, traditionally is thought fear of the Lord is. But I don't think that really it is. That they're afraid of the punishment of God. And so they separate themselves from God. They're afraid of punishment, not afraid of God himself. They're afraid of what he'll do. And they, so Moses says, and I love what he says. He's like, don't be afraid, but the Lord wants to test you so that the fear of the Lord will keep you from sinning. And he's like, okay, don't be afraid, but let the fear of the Lord, that doesn't make sense. Like it's got to be two different things, you know? Um, And so I realized that, um, like to protect connection with him, we can't run away. The Israelites kept running away. That's silly. Like they didn't, they obviously didn't think that, you know, God could just snap his fingers and they all just fall dead. Like what, what difference does distance make? Mm. It's like Moses, um, it's like Jonah running to Tarshish. Like who, why he can't escape God, you know? And so they didn't realize the closest, the, the closer that you are, the safer you are with God. Um, and that closeness protects you because it keeps you from sinning. And sin separates us from God. And um, I was talking about this with somebody yesterday. And I felt this very helpful picture. It's like you're climbing a mountain. And I think if you climb the mountain at night, it makes it even more real. Like there's no going down because it's actually quite a precarious mountain, right? And so you're trying to climb this mountain... And if you stray off the path either way, you're going to fall down the mountain. And the, the higher up the mountain you are, the more scary it is because you can fall a lot further. Um, but the thing is, the only person with a torch is God. So you've got, you got to be right where, where he is going up yeah. the mountain yeah. or else, you know, you're, you're in danger. That's, that's the scary place to be. But the closer you are to him, the more that you can see and the more safe you actually are. Um, yeah, so that was, that was really interesting. I love that, man. That's great. And I want to I wanna just jump over to you, Chris, and kind of get your perspective. How many years have you been a Christian for? 32. Okay, that's great. And uh, so I would say that the message, particularly hyper-grace message, um, that seems to be fairly prevalent these days, is a newer message, a more recent message, um, can you just give some context to, I suppose, what you've seen over your 32 years of following Jesus in terms of the messages you're hearing 
um, around submitting to the Lord and, um, you know, like being, yeah, living submitted to him. Has there been a shift that you've seen? Uh, well, definitely. I think it's more rather than it being a blanket move of God over what he's doing globally. For me personally, it's been more about a lesson of submission and humility and trusting that vengeance is his. I was brought up in a society where we had disciplinarians that looked after us. My parents were disciplinarians. I was in the military. So it was always taught that if you step out of line, there's a consequence and there's a punishment for that, right? But I think more and more as a Christian, I'm learning that vengeance is his, that we need to allow him to punish if something has happened. We need to pray for the situations. And an example is my last full-time employment, the employer and me, we had a disagreement and it was a serious one and I had a choice either to take it to court and go down that track or just to pray and to entrust it to God. And so God really challenged me about that, that if I was going to trust him, that if vengeance is his, that he would deal with it. And I had to let go of that and submit to him and say, right, it's yours, Lord. Mm-hmm. You deal with these people, you deal with it. And I walked away from that. That was quite hard for me because I wanted to fix it. I wanted to deal with it. I wanted to to take them to court and get them to pay for it. But I didn't. And I walked away and I left it to God. And it was the best thing because it set me free from the anxiety. I mean, I still thought about it a lot. But it's sort of every time I did, I had to say, well, Lord, it's yours. It's not mine anymore. And had to completely entrust it to him. And, And it's the same with our kids and in our family life and things that... You know, we can't control what our children do. we just got to pray for them and really entrust them to the Lord. And um, as we do that and we see them growing and having their own relationship with God, then God is in charge of them as well in that way. It's not my role anymore. Mm. And so that over the years, I think I've, I've learned more and more is, that, um, is to put God in his place. And you talked about the punishment side before um, and acknowledging his authority, submitting to that authority and also submitting to the authority that God has placed spiritually over us in the church, um, because that's really important as well, that we need to acknowledge that, that whilst God is over us, he's also put people in authority over us as well, and we need to respect that. I love that. That's so good. And there is this real tension that we, that we live in between that kind of punishment and what that looks like, understanding God's restorative work in that space and his mercy as well. I was talking to Johnny Stafford, uh, who's just an amazing Bible teacher just last week after the message, and he just visually helped me understand um, this kind of, um, yeah, the tension in this space. And he, he has this example that he uses with married couples where he says, you know, the relationship's like a triangle where the Lord's at the top, you have the husband and wife on each corner, And as they come closer to the Lord, you see them coming closer together as well. And it's a beautiful concept of understanding that even in our marriages, like the Lord is first and we move towards him. 
And the result is we come closer as the Lord works as well. And there's this same kind of concept when it comes to, to this tension we feel between the mercy and the judgment of the Lord is that in that same triangle, that as we come closer and closer to understanding those two, that we actually get closer to understanding who the Lord is and living in that place of submission. What I, what I want to know is that this... I, I see, Chris, you speak about that so easily, um, trusting the Lord, being submitted to him. And I do see a generational difference. So I'm kind of, you know, right on the line of your Gen Ys and Gen Xs, um, which means I'm torn between being committed and being completely uncommitted as well. <laughs> so... Um, I think I know why, Dan. <laughs> not not personality yeah, yeah, but it's like... The Gen Z is the, it's the teenager. It's like, I ha- we have terrible trouble submitting to our parents. It's like, that's the time I, I want to go and do this. And I wanna, you know. so, so there, like there is a shift, the right? Yeah. And some of that's entitlement and things that have changed in our lifetime of what we can obtain, you know, how easily we can obtain that. Deb, I, like, I'd love to just hear from you like prophetically. Um, you've touched on this a little bit, but what's, what do you feel the Lord has been saying which sits under this umbrella of fear of the Lord? I, I believe, like, God's lit a fire in me about this message, and I feel I've heard really clearly that this is actual, actually a global message, um, that it's a, it's a historical message in light of COVID and other things that the Lord's doing in the world. Uh, that's what I believe personally, that we need to return to the fear of the Lord. Um, what, are you, what are you hearing? And you're, I mean, I, I just want everyone to know, like you're in a network, a community, a prophetic community as well, which is global as well. So you're hearing stuff from all across the world as well. Yeah, I think um, God is speaking about fear of the Lord a lot, not specifically using those words. And I probably just want to preface this by saying that when I'm listening to God, and this might help you when you seek the Lord, God is so big and there's so many facets to him that when we're hearing from God, we often can only cope with a couple of aspects of the Lord at any one time. And so, you know, he will meet us according to what we need and what he has decided is where we're at and what part of him we need at the time Mm -hmm. and so sometimes we sit and for the person who feels unlovable God will often come and say I love you I love you I love you and take them into a season of learning love but what the Lord is speaking to me when I'm with him from a prophet space really is about awe of the king of kings that he is on the throne that he always has been has been, and it's time for us to realise that fresh. Um, he's pushing on that purity actually really is important. He's not pushing on this in a way of you're a bad person because you've done wrong things, therefore you're cast out. He's pushing on it from a point of I want purity for you. I have this. I died on the cross so you can have it. Come come and lay things down, come and let go of things, come and repent for things and receive restoration in me. So we need to, you know, there's a bit of a legalistic thing we can get into of good and bad and God punishes because we're bad. That's not what he's on about. He's on about um, 
you know, to be in his presence, we need holiness, we need purity, really. You know, take off your sandals, you're on holy ground. Like, we need that, and he has the way for us to have that. So it's not a, you know, you did this, you, you're bad thing. It's not a condemnation, it's not a shame-filling thing from the Lord. It's a, this is where you're at, it's causing separation, and it can be so much better. So come, come. And I think... We are learning. Letting go is a big part. So it's not only repenting, it's actually us, in a way, having to forgive ourselves and receive um, receive from the Lord that, that grace in our lives. Um, we tend to be our own judge, and that's not cool. God is the judge. He is the king of kings on the throne. And so we actually don't get to judge whether we should still feel bad and still be stuck in that mud from that thing that happened and that awful thing. We don't get that choice. The Lord has died on the cross for that and he has grace for us. And so part of this is letting go of our own judgment, our own condemnation of ourselves and receiving that grace. So this year I've taken so many people through issues with guilt in their own lives that they are holding on to and supporting them to be able to let go. And in, in essence, if, if I was Reuben, I'd be saying, I forgive you to ourselves and, and agree with the Lord and receive that. So when we talk about letting go, it often is actually, you know, we let go of burdens, we let go of situations like Chris did that we can't control, but it is letting go of guilt and muck and gunk that we don't have to have in our lives that separates us. I love that. That's awesome. And the Lord, uh, I, I just, it's so good because the Lord, there's a huge restoration work that is happening and that's what he's about, right? Um, I want to kind of try and land the plane. We could, I feel like we could talk all day, but I just want to get really practical as well. And I was, I was thinking the other day, like, the latest, the latest trend is like hacks, right? There's a hack for everything. If you're on Instagram or TikTok or whatever, there's a hack for everything. We want to know the easiest way. Uh, has anyone here done the um, cherry tomatoes and the feta cheese dinner? Like the TikTok hack? Okay, you got to check that one out because that's good. Simple dinner. Uh, we want to hack, we want the easy way for everything. But I, I do think we need to be able to talk about what this actually looks like in the day-to-day for us as followers of Jesus. Now, I understand, I think it was great what you said, Deb, in how the Lord is speaking into like those seasons in our life where we actually need um, correction or we need some things highlighted more than others. So it's very specific um, at certain times, like very seasonal at certain times. How do we go about living this out? This is what we need to know. Well, I just think that um, in a nutshell, what we've been talking about is just having a relationship with him to the point where we can hear his voice, we can see his light, we can see the direction he's showing us. And I think that, like I mentioned at the beginning, was um, when you submit and you're in that place of reverence and you're just acknowledging who he is and knowing that he is God, then 
you're in that place to be able to hear his voice and then direct. And I think that for me, it's rare to actually get to that place because we live such busy lives. We're rushing here and there. We've got so much to do. It takes an attitude and a time to, to really get on your knees and just say, right, Lord, I'm here. I'm at your feet. I'm submitting to you. I acknowledge you as God, almighty, sovereign God, who is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And you come to that point of just seeing who he really is. And then having that relationship and getting to know him, being able to hear what he's saying to you. And that can sometimes you can go into his presence and it can only be five minutes and you just feel this impact. You think, wow, you know, God, God's actually been with me today. Other times it takes a lot longer. It can take an hour or yeah. you know, longer. You can yeah. just spend there and, and not even pray anything, just to acknowledging him and just spending time in his presence. And sometimes even if you're reading the word, you can just sense that presence that he's here and he's actually speaking to you through that, that Bible reading that you're reading. And I think that it's just being vulnerable, being available and having that relationship, build that relationship to that point where you can actually hear his voice and, and then be directed by him because that's what he desires. And as a father, I know that that's what I desire of my kids is to spend time with them and spend quality time with them. I don't want them to rush in, hi dad, I'm heading off, see ya, and then they're gone. It's when we're sitting down at the table and we're having a, a meal together and we're talking and we're, we're learning about life, about what they've done today and what I've done, that's really quality time. And that's what our Heavenly Father wants for us as well. That's so good, I love that. Yeah, I have a couple of things. I'm thinking back to, I went to a meeting a few weeks ago and I got to be in the room with some people who knew a lot like so, so much more than me. I was like the baby in the room. And there was this concept of once I realised they knew a lot, I just sat and I listened. And I was like, I should just shut up right now because this person, they know what they're talking about in this space. So I immediately came into a respect of that person and I behaved in that respectful way and thought... I get to be near this person and I get to get all this info, right? So you've probably had that situation. That's how it needs to be with the Lord. So we need to come in and go, okay, he knows everything. He knows everything that's going on and this is the King of Kings. I'm, I'm going to stop and I'm going to listen and I'm going to draw everything out that I can from the Lord. I get to be in the room with him. So that's probably the first thing. The other thing is something, and I've shared it with a number of people already, is we need to shift from going, God, I'm doing this thing today, help me, to God, what are you doing? So we're so focused. It's very easy in this climate at the moment to look around. If you watch the news for a minute, oh no, oh no, oh no, God help us, God help us, God help us. That's okay on a level, but ultimately life needs to be lived from what are you doing, God, because you're the king of kings and my job is to just to join in. I just get on board with what you're doing and help out. I'm like a helper. I just get to go and help out on this thing that's already set up in motion. He's got the plan. He's got the authority. I just get to go be a helper. And as soon as I've shifted that question in recent weeks of the Lord when I'm with him, 
I immediately feel joy of the Lord. It's like he rubs his hands together and he's like, yes, let's do this. And then he talks because it's like finally someone is interested in what I'm doing because after all I'm God over the whole earth here. And he says a lot and it's amazing and we get to just join in. So there'd be the two things for me. Um, I think very practically, I, I think of disciplines and I think of following Jesus as it's, it's like a practice. It's like you can't run, run a marathon with no training the f- first day that you go. Or it's like trying a new sport. You, you actually know nothing when you start. And you have to, you know, sort of have a little go and try out some different things. And I think there's a lot of key disciplines in the Bible that, and that the way that Jesus lived that help us practice submitting to God. Um, like a good example for me is like doing the dishes. I don't want to do the dishes, but I, I want to love my family well and don't always do it that well. But like for me to submit and honor my parents, sometimes I have to do the dishes or clean the bathroom when I don't want to. But it's practicing submitting, right? And so it's good. We practice. If we can submit to, to somebody who's a fallible human, yeah. then surely we can submit to God who's like all-powerful and knows everything. Um, another example is really simple and don't go legalistic, but like that verse that says, um, if anyone knows what good they ought to do and doesn't do it, then it's sin for them. And so... This gets me in so much trouble. Every time I walk past a piece of rubbish, I'm like, oh, I know I should pick that up. And so I can't not pick it up because it'd be sin, right? Anyway, so, but, but, but I, can, I can use that to practice. Okay, I don't want to pick that up, but I can submit because I know God's ways are better than my ways. You know, it's like a parent saying, you know, do this. And you're like, why? Because. It's like, that's what God's saying. My ways are higher than yours. You just do it just because. And I think one of the most helpful practices for me has been fasting. Because you actually, you're making your body submit. And you're like, your body throws a tantrum in the first day and two and three. And it does not like it. But you're not starving for a long time. It's just just a little tantrum. Um, And you teach your body through fasting, that your body's not the boss. God's the boss. It's, you know, we don't live on bread alone. We live by the, every word that comes from God's mouth. Yeah. And so it's, it's awesome. These little practices teach us how when, when something really big happens, you know, like a job situation or something like Chris is sharing, it's like, all right, Lord, now I practice submitting. So now I can because you're God and I, I want to do that. That's what's right. I love that. I think that's a good place to land. Uh, but what I want to do is, like, we're just we're gonna we're gonna just move into some ministry space now, because uh, I believe like the Lord is, the Lord is connecting this in all different places, right across this room and online with people who are with us today. Um, and it it really does depend on where you are. And I love what you said, Rubes. Like that submission. If you if you're accountable to no one right now, then that's actually that's a place to be feared. Like and and 
each of you have kind of touched on different aspects of what this really looks like. Some people are in a place where they actually need to be able to trust the Lord right now, but they're trying to hold control or seek vengeance themselves. This, this is connecting in so many different places. So what I love to do is just give the Holy Spirit some room to really minister right now. So uh, what we're going to do, I'm going to get um, Caesar up. If you can just come and jump back on keys, mate. We're just going to take a couple of minutes, and I'm actually just going to get Chris um, and Deb to actually just pray for us um, as we finish up. And so, Chris, I want you to pray for us just as as a father, as a father in our house. And uh, Deb, just to prophetically pray, I think like one one thing we haven't really touched on yet is is just sin, where where we're willfully pursuing sin outside of anything outside of the Lord's will, right? There are some people here today who just need to make this decision. Father, this needs to stop. They need to repent right here, that that needs to be a line in the sand today. And so I just want you guys to, um, to pray us through that. Church, can you jump on your feet? And I just, like, even in an act of submission today to say, Lord, whatever you want for me in this space, um, Either, either now or as these guys are praying, just to be able to put your hands out and receive this is just that physical act of saying, Lord, like my hands are open. I want to receive this. Whatever's being prayed into this space now, I want to actually receive this. This is for me. And so this can just be a physical representation, like a posture of saying, yes, Lord, I'm submitted to you and I'm willing to receive whatever you're saying to me right now. And so, Chris, you can lead us. Let's pray. Oh, Lord. Lord, we submit to you right now. And um, I just sense, Lord, that as we we come before you and with your Father's heart looking at us and knowing us, Lord, that uh, that fear is the fear that you don't want us to miss out. That, Lord, you have so much love for us. You have so much for us Lord you desire so much for us Lord and um, we we pray that we would fear missing out on what you have for us Lord God rather than fear a dread of you wielding a big stick over our heads Lord you're not like that and so you're a God of love a God who loves us beyond anything we can ever imagine Lord and so this morning we just pray that we would just have that sense of of awe before you, Lord, and submit to you and just humble ourselves before you, Lord, knowing that that love that you have for us is so incredible that there's nothing that you wouldn't do for us, Lord. And so if there are people here facing challenges, they're facing things that they think, well, I'm just too sinful. Why would God ever even consider listening to my prayer? He's here and he's listening. And he's saying, I am I am enough. And so, Lord, we thank you this morning that we can submit to you. We can put things that are bothering us, that are challenging us, Lord, which um, are taking up our minds and consuming everything that we, we have every day. When we wake up, it's on our mind all the time. We can lay these things at your feet, knowing that you're well able to deal with those things and that you desire to do them as well because you love us, Lord. So, Lord, we lay these things at your feet. We submit to you today. We thank you for your love for us, Lord. And we just say we love you too. Thank you, Lord. 
And I just feel like the Lord is saying, I have more for you. I have more for you. I am the king of kings on the throne. I have the storehouses of heaven. That is my kingdom. I have everything required, everything needed. I come from that place of abundance, of resource over your life. And not only do I have it for you, I want it for you. I want to give this to you. But the There's things that can't stay. There's things that can't remain with you. But you know what? It's like the Lord is saying, come to me as you are. Come to me as you are with all the things. Bring it all in and I will deal with that. I I can remove that. I can break that off through my grace. I can remove that off through my grace. I can clean you up and have you live in my grace. I can have you living in my grace. And in that place, there is no need for perfection because grace comes and fills the gap. It fills the gap. And so, Lord, we pray as a people today, Holy Spirit, come and convict us of the things, of the pursuit of what we want when we know it isn't under your jurisdiction. It's not under what you say is good. We're living outside our own jurisdiction, Lord. We're being our own God. We're pursuing instant gratification, Lord. Holy Spirit, would you convict of these things? And I pray for all of us that we would step forward with all of that into your presence now and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what I have carried. I'm sorry for stepping outside of your grace path that you have for me. I'm sorry of pursuing things that are just not good for me. I'm sorry for not trusting you that you are always good for me, that I can trust you. And I want to do what that hymn says and and say, trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. And so Lord, I pray now for your grace to come in the room. I pray for your grace to come, Lord Jesus, that your grace would come and clean and clear and break. Lord, we pray for each other just now as well as ourselves that there would be breaking off. There would be breaking off of strongholds that are not allowed to be here under your throne, under your position as King of Kings, Lord. And we just look up to you, Lord, as we step forward and say, you are the King of Kings, Lord. You are the Lord of Lords. You are the King over everyone and everything, Lord. And we choose to come in under that. We choose to be in your kingdom, under your throne, Lord God, under your authority, Lord God. Thank you that we get to come to the King of Kings and be in the room with you, Jesus. We get to be in the room with you as the King of Kings, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, that you would be so close as our Father, that we get to spend time there with you, even when we came with all that stuff, Lord. Thank you for your cleaning grace and just Lord I finally just want to pray 
for people here whose hearts, whose spirit just feels like it's dead and needs resurrection today. They need to feel life once again, Lord. We pray for your life-giving power to come upon people and bring them back into feeling life again. Bring them back to feeling like they are alive. We pray peace over them that their souls would know that all is well regarding you, that you love them, that you died for them, that you have all that they need to do this life, Lord, and that your strength comes and holds them and restores them for this life and the road ahead. We just thank you, Lord God, for who you are again. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, I just bless each person here. In Jesus' name, Father, help us to climb higher up the mountain with you. To you we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to Hope Community Podcasts. We hope you enjoyed today's message and remember to subscribe to the channel to keep up to date. From everyone here at Hope Community, have the best week.